This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Fleto. Now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KERA For WWNO, St. Louis Public Radio, Iowa Public Radio News. Local science stories of national significance. Lead mining and smelting, a process to extract metal, lasted for more than a century in some parts of the Midwest. And where you have mining, you have waste. Lead is still being detected in the water and soil, posing a serious health threat. But now researchers are turning to plants for help. Here to tell us more about it is Niara Savage, a fellow with the NPR Midwest Newsroom and the Missouri Independent, based in St. Louis. Welcome to Science Friday. Glad to be here. Nice to have you. Okay, first of all, how did the lead from these mines spread out? So after the mining industry left states like Kansas and Missouri, the mine tailings were left behind for many years unstabilized. And so in places like Missouri, there's uh, mine piles that span more than a thousand acres. Wow. And so there's a couple of ways that it was spread. And one of those is actually people mechanically transporting those materials and taking them to use, you know, for their own yards as gravel and things like that for home projects. And another way is that when it rains, of course, the soil is wet and that can create runoff that can cause that contaminated soil to spread. Mm -hmm. So it's a very urgent problem, obviously, to solve. Tell me the, the idea of using plants to help solve that problem. Larry Erickson is the former director for the Center for Hazardous Substance Research at Kansas State University. And so he published some research last year that shows that plants can actually form root systems that are complex enough to contain the lead in soil. And so if you plant a specific plant they refer to in the study is um, miscanthus grass. And so this is a really great candidate because it produces a lot of biomass. It only needs tillage in the first year. Planting that into contaminated soil sites in Fort Riley, Kansas, yielded root systems complex enough to actually maintain and contain the water that fell onto that land in just a two-year period. And so that keeps the contaminated soil and water from running off into different locations. Wow. And, And how's that affecting what people can eat and drink? lead could contaminate the drinking water. And so that's especially true for um, communities that depend on well water. And another factor is also that plants or crops that are planted in contaminated soil can actually absorb and take up that lead into their roots and leaves, and that can become another threat. A lead hazard for people who are consuming crops that may have been planted in contaminated soil. Are some people living in higher risk areas than other people? There's definitely people who are living in higher risk areas. So regions that are near places where the lead mining industry was taking place. So that could be lead uh, smelting or mining. The soil in those areas is definitely associated with higher levels of lead. And then as a result, the people in those communities typically have elevated blood lead levels as well. Riley Thomas was inspired to do research on how to prevent crops from taking up that lead. She noticed that in Lincoln, there's an organization called Community Crops that is purposed with trying to serve people who might live in food deserts by planting vegetables. But she noticed that a lot of the locations where that organization was planting vegetables were tainted with lead. They tried to create community gardens where people can go and have fresh produce. So unfortunately, a lot of those areas also have higher contamination of soils just by location near highly trafficked areas or railroads. As the case in the soil that we sampled, it was near a railroad. So that's why it had the high lead. Mm -hmm. Could, Could any of these projects be scaled up? 
So there are definitely efforts to scale up the projects. Specifically, the research in Nebraska focused on biochar. Michael Kaiser is a professor of agronomy and horticulture at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and he explains what biochar is. It's basically charcoal, right? So it's transforming organic feedstock by pyrolysis means combustion under low oxygen into charcoal-like material, which you actually put on your, if you do a barbecue, right? We just put it in soil. The University of Nebraska-Lincoln is working with the city and money from Bloomberg Philanthropies that they received earlier this year to establish a biochar plant to produce more than 700 tons of biochar a year. One of the applications of biochar is to prevent the crops that are planted in perhaps lead-tainted soil from actually taking up that lead and absorbing it into the plant and becoming a hazard for the people who might eat them. Niara, thank you for sharing your reporting with us. Thanks for having me. Nira Savage is a fellow with the NPR Midwest Newsroom and the Missouri Independent based in St. Louis, Missouri.